Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Good morning, sunshines. I hope you're all well. Um, Welcome to today's topic. I am doing this. We're going to talk about thought errors, cognitive distortions, the way our brains lie to us. This is not what I had planned to speak on. In fact, I have another video (laughs) recorded for you, but it is 6 a.m. I'm downstairs without the benefit of my ring light. But if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're welcome. Um, And I... I feel so deeply called to speak to this message. You know, from March 1st through the 9th, I am doing a Feel Better Now challenge. And really, my intent is to serve because we've realized that we've been at this pandemic thing for a year now, and it's been overwhelming, and our brains are spinning, right? Our brains think things over and over again, often distortions of the truth. And we believe that our thoughts are in fact facts when they are not. And so what I want to do uh, with you today is to share with you some of these principles that we've identified in cognitive behavioral psychology as really a window in to what your brain is doing when it tells you that you should be afraid, that you should be in fear, that you should shut down, that you don't have the tools you need right now because you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're not all the things. So I share this with you because I have heard too many people believe that something is wrong with them because of the primitive messages of their brain. And they believe that they are flawed, that they are broken, that something has gone wrong with them. I just, um, my heart breaks for the experience of people that don't have the benefit of knowing how to work with their brain instead of against it. Now, I should warn you right now that I'm recording this when everybody is sleeping. So I'm trying to keep my voice quiet. But as you know, when I get super excited or super passionate, I start screaming. So it might wake everybody up, not screaming, talking loudly. And I always had a problem with getting overexcited. This will come as a surprise to no one. But I remember my seventh grade teacher would always tell me to turn it down. And my parents would tell me to turn it down. My energy level, my voice level, my all the levels. And what I hope today is that by having this information, it helps you turn down the dial of your thoughts, of your emotional experience, so that Like we wanna feel all of our emotions, but we get to put it and think all the thoughts, but we get to put it into context. And we get to understand that we're in complete control of the level and the volume. And we do that first by becoming super aware of our thoughts 
and how they impact our emotions, how they impact our emotional experience. And so I come to you today with just a, 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 a deep appreciation of this work and a deep recognition that this work set me free. Someone had said to me recently, like, how, how, did, how did this happen? Because I am a much different person than I was 10 years ago. I'm a much different person than I was at the beginning of the pandemic. Because if anything, this has taught me to trust myself more, to lean more, to trust more. My word for this, well, two words, my motto for 2021 is courageous belief. And I have to believe in the power of my brain, believe in my heart, believe with all. You guys know that I'm deeply influenced by my faith and my relationship with the divine. And the divine looks different for each of you. But I believe that we are given the tools necessary as our sweet, the sweet Paul says in the Bible, like renew your mind, do like transform your thoughts, look at your thoughts, sweet friends. So we're going to do that today. We're going to understand that we can renew our mind at any point. And that is in true honesty and vulnerability of what our brain is doing right now because our brains love to play tricks on us. So I want to share with you the cognitive distortions that have been identified in cognitive behavioral worlds. Now, I want you to listen to me when I say this, because this is, to me, really important, is that when you think something's wrong with you, when you think your brain is, is like something is wrong with you because your brain's Sorry, my table's on the foot. Okay, we're better now. Um, we think that it's only our brain that is broken. And when you see that these cognitive distortions are not unique to you, and that they are happen in all of our brains, in fact, they are so prevalent that we can create a list that describes them in great detail. You're like, Oh, I see what my brain is doing. Okay, so let's get started. I call these thought errors, these distortions that our brains will do to us, they're universal. So when it happens, nothing has gone wrong. Your brain's just trying to work, trying to help you, trying to think through things, it's just doing its job, right, sweet friends? Okay, so let's talk about the first one, all or nothing thinking. This is also called polarized thinking. I am exceptional at this. As you will come to know, I'm exceptional at all of them. I'm not bragging. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Um, I've been told, like, could you find the gray in this? Nope. It's black or white, sweet friends. And this is the distortion. It's that black or white thinking, right? It occurs when we are not able to see the gray areas of situation. And we can't understand that there's other factors or other options. We're like, we're stuck. It's either this or this. Everything can be perfect or not perfect. I'm either loved or not loved. I'm either accepted or not accepted, worthy or not worthy. We 
are either failures or complete failures, <laughs> total failures. And that we don't understand that one failure doesn't equate to everything is wrong. And that's why I um, have worked so hard to befriend failure. And that's why um, in the Courageous Life Society, we do so much work around befriending failure. What they don't know, or they do know, because I talk about it all the time, is that I have, I have put all of these into the tools without being like, you guys know we're working on all or nothing thinking. But we every tool that we do, every approach that we take together in community is around these distortions because what, they're universal. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is overgeneralization, right? It is, it is a belief that we overgeneralize things. Like a single one thing really is like an uh, overall pattern. So let's say that you have a miscommunication or like a, a gap in communication with a friend or your spouse, and you assume that they are bad at communicating with everyone or that you were bad at communicating with everyone. And that you would go over, like if we're gonna go over generalizing, let's go big. You have one disagreement and you say, no one likes me, everybody hates me, all the things, right? And one, one overgeneralization often leads to a cascade that you are bad at life in general about negative thoughts on the whole. And it's evidence to conclude that you are unworthy. And the biggest challenge in overgeneralization is that we define our abilities or characteristics based on one experience and stop trying. We just give up or we decide ahead of time that we're not good at something, right? It's like the idea that I have ADHD, so I'm gonna be really bad at time management. That's an overgeneralization that I love to participate in, okay? Third is jumping to conclusions, sweet sassy. Um, and there are, you guys know my favorite um, man ever is Dr. David Burns who wrote Feeling Great, Feeling Good, um, When Panic Attacks. And he's, the way that he describes cognitive distortions is so beautiful. And he says that there are two, jumping to conclusions can look like assumptions. So like if someone, or let, let me just say, or mind reading. So um, when we assume what the other person is thinking, we assume their intent, we assume something about them, we are jumping to conclusion. We assume that they're, because of their appearance, they are this way. It's true that we can have general ideas about people, but it isn't always the case. We talk a, a lot about this in parenting, right? When we are talking to kids, we're like, you can't judge a book by its color, cover, but how many of us do that? We jump to conclusions. Then my other, my favorite is mind reading, right? So that we decide to read someone else's mind. And you guys know that this is not to say that taking someone's perspective, perspective taking is different. Then if we go back to the overgeneralization, we decide 
we have an agreement with some disagreement with someone and we decide that they do not like us. That's also mind reading. Overgeneralization takes it further and says that I, no one likes me and I'm all bad. But our predictions and mind reading capabilities, <laughs> I say sarcastically, are based on our what biases instead of reality all often, all the time. And even we conclude that fear may come true because, right, we're making assumptions. So we avoid a situation. We avoid all of the things. I see this often with people in business. They're going to make assumptions about how well they'll do or their clients. They'll mind read what their clients are thinking. Um, people in um, direct selling will often say they're going to think I'm just like all the others. Well, that's actually a cognitive distortion, but we can use that to fuel how we think and we can use it to gain perspective and, and to help us craft our message. So I don't want you to think that cognitive distortions are all wrong or, well, they are wrong but you can use them. I, I, I said this last night, that thoughts are neither good nor bad. It's what you make of them. Our thoughts are there to protect us often. There is always, normally, often, always something inherently good about the thought, like that it says something about our core values. Thoughts of fear are often thoughts of self-preservation. And we have them because we care deeply that we're safe. So often we wanna say, oh, my, I'm bad, all my thoughts are bad, right? That overgeneralization. Something's wrong with me because I continually think these thoughts. Well, no, your brain is just doing its best work in protecting you when you understand that your primitive brain's designed to look for danger. It'll cue your prefrontal cortex. You understand that there is nothing wrong. Nothing has gone wrong. Okay, so the fourth, are we at four, is magnification, right? And so it's catastrophizing. It also can be the flip side of minimization, which we'll see. I, I use this um, in parenting to describe what we often do. So we take it to the extreme. Let's say our child gets an F on a paper and we're like, they're gonna be homeless. We're gonna catastrophize. Or we, we have um, a, a challenge and we're like, my whole life has gonna be, like, I love to do that. I did this when I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. I was like, this is the end of my life. I will never have a great life again. So we love, our brains love to take something to the extreme so that you, you exaggerate the meaning. Or, right, we take it to the other extreme and minimize it. You might get an award or recognition or compliment and you minimize it and still believe that something is wrong with you. This catastrophizing and minim well, catastrophizing leads us to um, that worst case scenario. And I love, and we know this from cognitive behavioral interventions, we go all the way there. We go 
all into catastrophizing because then our brain's like, oh, I see, I see. Instead of saying you are catastrophizing, stop it, stop it. You go all the way to the end and you're, you get recognition. Okay, so the fifth, you guys, we just make up numbers here. The fifth is emotional reasoning. And what does that mean? And this to me is an important distortion and thought error that, that is so necessary for us to identify and address because it is so common. We take our emotions as fact. And we will be talking about this in the Feel Better Now challenge. We feel like if we have an emotion, then it must be true. And we don't also understand when we are in the pattern of emotional reasoning that our thoughts create our emotion, we're like, oh, it's just happening. If we feel dumb or lack confident, like in what is the uh, disconfident, unconfident, we feel it's true. Like this is true about me. And we feel, we find reasons to justify it because of that. Our brain's looking for reasons to justify it. And it's an overall fact, right? We feel the feelings, therefore it's true. It's real. And the truth is our emotional state in any moment can change. It's rarely an indication of reality. Sorry, my dog's sneezing, who's lying comfortably on the couch. Her head's hanging off the couch. I'm not quite sure how she, Annie sleeps. And it is so for some of us who lack the cognitive behavioral training, it's so hard for us to see past our emotional experience to know what does Dr. Albert Ellis say, one of the founders of CBT, you have the choice. You can construct self-helping thoughts, emotions, and actions as much as you can construct the self-defeating emotions, thoughts, actions. But when you don't have that awareness, you believe that your emotional state is, is, is the truth or is, that, is the only option for you. That's really what the Feel Better Now challenge is around that one, cognitive distortion. But also, this, this, the next cognitive distortion is so powerful. And that is should statements. How many of us have said, I should be doing this. They should be doing this. The world should be this way. I know that um, I was having thought errors and thought glitches at the beginning of the pandemic. This, it shouldn't be this way. Or now I hear so many clients say, it should be better. It should be better by now. We do it with our kids. They should be better. They should know better. The truth is that should statements harm us. And we don't even often like evaluate them. We're like, we just run on autopilot. We don't understand that we have this 
false manual for us that's been given to us. And we don't make decisions whether that is serving us or not serving us. And we just run on autopilot. And we say, we should do this, we shouldn't do this. And that, my friends, is dangerous and harmful and hurts us. So I want you to know that if you are saying shit statements, and I often say vulgarly, that's a word, stop shitting on yourself, that this we can stop, we can turn back from the manuals for, from the should statements. And then the next one, I've stopped trying to label them at this point, um, well, is labeling and mislabeling. I, I've stopped trying to number them at this point. And this, sweet friends, is another form of overgeneralization that we talked about. A tendency to judge or label something based on a single event. So that is you fail once and you're like, I'm a failure. Instead of saying, I messed up. Look, look at what failure is teaching me. I failed. I believe that if you try to fail on purpose, it changes the conversation with your brain. So you're not like, I made a mistake. So you can understand the way that we can um, change the conversation in our brain, change our thoughts to change our life, right? That we understand that like, the principle of labeling, mislabeling as a thought error. And we can see it while it's happening in the moment, sweet friends. We're like, oh, my heavens, there I go again. And mislabeling is when you use a label that is not just overgeneralized, but inaccurate. And also is highly emotional and also probably aggressive, right? And exaggerated. I it was so shocking. It's still so shocking to me. I think that um, when we make decisions about someone else based on their, I'll, I'll put it into context. I saw people saying, if you don't agree with me, I, just unfriend me now. And I was like, whoa, do you see that that is a thought error? Like there are people you are labeling someone because of, of a lack of understanding, a lack of context. You know, I, I, within my own family, there are political differences in my immediate family. I do not believe that someone needs to agree with me for me to accept or love them. It does not help us to label someone as bad or wrong or because we discount who they are inside. And yes, some people are monsters and yes, some people are narcissists and we can label those. In fact, we have a whole world of psychology that is obsessed with labeling and frankly, mislabeling, which is why I'm in coaching. Okay. Rant over. Um, the next one is personalization. It is the distortion that um, we will like, that we're going to personalize something for us. It's taking our, something personally, blaming ourselves from, for something that is illogical, like that is, is not our fault. Or that 
someone is doing something like a friend's not calling me back or not texting me back and you make it personal when really it's about their experience. They're going through a hard time. They're doing their, like, they don't have the bandwidth to do that. We make assumptions. We, right. This is should statements as well. They should do this. They should be a better friend. This is then turning it on us. You assume that you are the cause of moods or behaviors of those around you. When bad things happen, you think it's your fault. Like in a disaster, we decide that I, if, if I would have woken, if I would have got the person up, they wouldn't, I mean, this is really this personalization can come in when we are faced with trauma and grief. We decide that we've done something wrong when the outcome had nothing to do with us. If only I would have helped sooner. Okay, finally, um, not finally, uh, blaming on the under, other end of the spectrum. And is it last, this last week's podcast? was about shame and blame. And so some of us turn it inward and that's like that inner blame. And then others, because we feel shame, we've got to have that escape valve. So personalization is that inner blame. Um, blaming would be like on the other end is that external blame. We blame others for what goes wrong and we're not going to take any responsibility. Um, also, there is this fallacy of fairness. This is a cognitive distortion of thought era. We would like to believe that all life should be fair. I know I do. Or life should be easy. Or that emotional health should come naturally. And people find themselves judging a situation. I know I did with the pandemic or with my illness or even with my post-COVID disorder, I say in quotes because I'm not, it makes me angry still to this day. Why am I the one? How do we accept things without the belief that everything, we are promised an easy life? I know that um, because of my belief, I know I'm not promised an easy life here. But I believe deeply in this idea that I will, I will take my thoughts captive. I will look at every thought, every cognitive error and hold it to the light and say, is this the truth of what I want to believe? The next cognitive distortion is the fallacy of change. This is the belief and expectations that we can change others to meet our needs or even change ourselves. A person experience, like that we need to change, I should say this in greater, that if we change, we will feel better. Baloney. We have to feel better now. If you change, you're going to still have the same thoughts unless you take them and look at them and decide to keep them or not. We want to change others to meet our needs. It would be much easier if my kids changed. It would be much easier if my spouse changed the way I wanted him to change. Oh, let's be honest. I mean that. I, I laugh about it, but it's true. But that is a, a, a cognitive error. 
So I look at these, there's mental filter. My family's waking up, so I'm gonna quickly, and also I try to keep these at 20 minutes and I believe I might be over 20 minutes. Um, so we, it's similar again to over general, generalization. A, a person filter, focuses on one thing, such as a negative aspect of a situation without being able to see all the sides. They may have a conversation and hear a negative thing and can't think of anything else. We discount the positive, another, the, the, another final cognitive error. We can't hear anything or like we've done all of this work, but our brain says, but we didn't do this one thing. So none of this other work matters. Or with our children, we, they, like, they do all of these wonderful things. And I hear parents and they focus on the one thing the child didn't do right. Or the spouse or the, the church or the world or ourselves. So I bring these thought errors to you these cognitive distortions, not as a, do you see, do you see what you're doing? But as an invitation to look at your thoughts and say, is this the truth? You need to bring it to the light. The only way to do that is to name it, right? Get it out. That's what we're going to be doing every day in the feeling better now challenge. We're going to bring it to light. You hold it to the light and say, is this the truth? Is this how I want to believe, how I want to, to think? I also think one of the thought errors that is not stated, but I want it, I think I need to submit it, is the idea that we should always feel great. Is the idea that life will always be easy. We talked about that one. But that we will feel 100% happy. And that, my friends, is untrue. The real work is experiencing all your emotions because you need the highs, you need the lows, and everything in between to truly live your life, to truly be free. And the goal of life is not to feel 100% happy, but it is to feel better, to feel better is to feel. I love you all. I hope you'll join us, jessicastong.com forward slash challenge if you're not already um, involved. Um, I'm also recording this for those in the challenge because I don't have time to talk about all these distortions and they're gonna be listening to this and they're going to be talking about these distortions. So win, win, sweet friends. I love you all. I hope you have a great and courageous week. The sun has come up. Everything is beautiful. Uh, I hope you have a great day. I hope you take your thoughts captive and decide, is this what I want to be thinking? And the turnaround is I have a choice. Love you all. Thanks so much. Bye. And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one -on -one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.